All right. Well, so here we are. Um, I, as a uh, as a Sherm 21 influencer, I want to take the opportunity to kind of reach out to some folks that are going to be uh, we're going to see at Sherm 21. And so I'm going to start off here. I'm just going to say that uh, if you work in human resources, if you're a Sherm member, or if you at, you've attended a national or state Sherm event, there's a good chance that you're going to fall squarely into one of two categories. One, you know Steve Brown. Or two, you will know Steve Brown. So for those of you in the latter category, uh, Steve Brown is the Chief People Officer with La Rosa's Incorporated. Uh, they're a multi-state pizza chain in Southwest Ohio and Southeast Indiana. And personally, I can say awesome pizza. Um, Steve's also a Sherm board member. He's a former Sherm Mac member. He's a Sherm Foundation Leadership Circle member. He's active on the speaking circuit. Um, he facilitates a month, monthly HR roundtable in Cincinnati, manages a weekly internet forum called HRNet that reaches tens of thousands of uh, HR professionals globally. Uh, he has a nationally recognized HR blog, Everyday People. And on his, in his free time, he also managed to author two best-selling books, HR on Purpose and HR Rising. So with that, um, I've, I've got some questions lined up here, and uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's turn it over. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeff. It's good to see you, my friend, and I love the Fado Irish Pub behind you. Uh, isn't that isn't doesn't that bring back some memories of Sherm VLBMs of of the past? <laughs> That's right. Common common haunt for all of us. Yes, yes. We will we will we will find a new one. We will find a new venue. Uh, Absolutely. This November. Absolutely. Well, I've got a few questions. I, I know people are going to be anxious to hear from you. So why don't I just jump in here? So, so Steve, I did the math and it will have been 815 days since you last took the mega session stage in Las Vegas for Sherm 19 until you do so again, just a few weeks as we're recording this at Sherm 21. So besides some of the obvious world events, all the things that have occurred that we probably don't want to talk about. Uh, what have you been up to since we last saw you present in, in Las Vegas at Sherm 19? I think the biggest thing is I was named the chief people officer at my company, and I'm the first one to have that title uh, awesome. bestowed upon them. Uh, it was meaningful uh, for two reasons. One, La Rosa's has decided to intentionally be a people-first company. We have been a people-first company, but the reason for me moving ahead was that they said the person who leads our people should be at the table. And we talk about this all the time, but it wasn't, I didn't ask for it. It was seen in me, which is humbling. And it, uh, my boss, who unfortunately passed away in December, uh, got to tell me two weeks before he passed away. Oh, so wow. that means, that means all the world to me more than, you know, uh, so that has resulted in, me, along with the executive team, uh, reshaping, reformatting, and resetting an entire organization, uh, which is exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and what, what, what better time to, to, to see transformative change than with everything else going on? And, 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 and you talk about people. I mean, I can imagine in your industry, um, people, pe people were the backbone to kind of keep you going through, the, through these, these challenging 18 plus months here. Yes, the thing that people forget, unfortunately, because we have short memories, is my team members have never stopped working, not once. So uh, it's not a matter of remote or not remote, hybrid or not hybrid. Uh, we were deemed essential workers because people want to eat, and <laughs> we're, we're proud of that. And so we love feeding people, but they have been stalwart 
through the pandemic and they continue to be in now through the hiring crunch. Uh, my people, like, like any company, I think the difference is we own that. We recognize it. We celebrate it. We don't look at people as a necessary pass-through. Uh, they're essential all the time. Uh, I wish that people would get back to understand that work is not white-collar versus blue-collar. It's people. And uh, some of the people we lauded at the beginning of the pandemic for being people who stood up and worked hard and stood on the front lines never left. Uh, but we, all we talk about is whether a white colored person can go back to the office. It's a big miss. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, I, and I think if, if there's any silver lining out of this, I think it really shined the light on the quote unquote essential workers that you maybe never gave a second thought to the, the, the food service workers, the, 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 the retail, the, the truck drivers. I mean, every, I mean, all the things that we kind of took for granted, but then um, like you said, those, those that, you know, the blue collar workers that just come to work every day, put in their time and, and people that just, you know, th think things just appear, food appears and mm -hmm. toilet paper appears. It's just like, and I think we realized very quickly that uh, um, there's, there, there, again, there's people behind all of these things that we depend on. And uh, so if that's one thing that I hope, I, yeah, I hope that message continues to carry forward and, uh, and, um, and, and, and it's great to hear about La Rosa's as well, because I'm sure in, in the Cincinnati area, you've probably got a lot of competitors and get pizza everywhere. And I'm assuming that it's your people that is a big part of, of the, the difference in, and, and, and why people want to come to La Rosa's over some other pizza chain. Yes, I think we offer an experience and a family connection, regardless of your family type or your family structure or your family background. Uh, it is an experience, and you can tell that in any one of our locations. Uh, people come often. We're different than a lot of places. Everybody eats pizza worldwide, but uh, in Cincinnati, it's not uncommon for people to eat at our restaurants three to four times a week. And uh, that's staggering to us that we never take it for granted. And we know that our guests are as important as our team members. Well, I can just, if, if you can indulge me personally, I obviously, I had the opportunity to have dinner with you and my wife and your lovely wife, Debbie. And uh, if I lived in the area, yeah, I would, I would definitely be at La Rosa's. I would be one of those three or four times a week because it was, it was awesome. Uh, I, we, my wife and I still talk about it and uh, yeah, we definitely, uh, we can't wait to get back out and, and, and break some crust with you again sometime in the future. So yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome. Well, let me, let me just kind of move on here. So uh, as I mentioned, you are a published author um, and you, um, you authored a second book called HR Rising, which was a kind of a follow-up to your first book, HR on Purpose. Um, it was published last year and it, we should have had the big rollout at SHRM 20 in San Diego, but uh, you know, darn you, Corona, um, <laughs> didn't happen. But obviously your, your book still came out. It's um, just about everybody I know in the, in the industry has has uh, has read it. Um, I personally, when it came out, gave copies to my boss and, and some of my colleagues. So, I, and they they're all raving about it. Um, so, what inspired you? I mean, HR on purpose. It was great. You said a lot of great, you know, great lessons in there. Um, but then, then you came out with HR Rising. I guess what inspired you to 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 release the second book? I think the key to me was. In the first book, it was about ownership and being proud of what we do as a profession. 
And I will continue to raise that banner regardless because I'm tired of people apologizing for what we do. Uh, it's interesting during the pandemic that people said, oh, now HR is leading. And I'm like, doggone it, we are leading all the time. And what's ironic <laughs> is uh, HR Rising was written before the pandemic. Uh, the, what inspired me was Matt Davis from Sherm, uh, the publisher, because he called me and he says, do you think you have another one? Do you think you can write another one? And I said, I think I could. I think I have some ideas that would be different. And I wanted to talk about how HR can lead from where they are versus having a title in order to lead. It's something that we continue to push and promote ourselves. If you're at this level of the company, you're a leader. If at this level of the company, you're not. And that's always been a mistake. And there are countless volumes of leadership material out there and yet we still don't get it <laughs> so i wanted to show that hr can lead genuinely lead and we saw through the pandemic that that was the case over and over and over again the whole point though is lead all the time not during a crisis but one of the telling things i had a conversation with my ceo who i'm very close with and the conversation was, we responded like crazy during the pandemic. Uh, like I said, our, our people stepped up. and Thank goodness they did. And we implemented curbside pickup and all this great stuff. And I said, man, isn't it great how well we're doing? And he says, yes. I said, wouldn't it be great to perform like this all the time instead of only reacting to a crisis? The whole point was, we keep trying to only react to desperate situations. That's not leadership. We should be ahead of the curve. We shouldn't be doing best practices. We should be leading in our organization. So that's what inspired me to write the book. Awesome. And yeah, and it, how, how prophetic was it too that, uh, it, like you said, it, it was written before the pandemic, came down probably in the, in the heart of the pandemic. And much like the, some, of the, some of the jobs we talked about earlier, um, again, another essential worker, I, I, and I'm biased, you might be as well working in HR, that we're, we're another one of those functions that I think a lot of organizations just feel, things just happen, people get paid, people get hired, all this, and it happens. And I think it was the same way, where it was kind of like, all of a sudden, I think that that spotlight might have shined a little bit on HR as, as we're managing leave and, 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 and all the things that people were dealing with in their personal lives uh, with, with the illness and, and, and children, taking care of children that uh, can't go to school and all of that, that all of a sudden, yeah, I guess HR might be, uh, might, might, might be, might be actually an essential part of our organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a wake up call for the profession and for organizations. Absolutely. Well, you know, I have to ask this. So HR on purpose, HR rising, do you have a third one in you? Come on, a trilogy? I, I think I do. <laughs> uh, what, what's interesting is during this whole reset that our company is doing, we're in meetings and now I'm there. Not that I wasn't before, but without the COO there, I stepped into part of his role, the people side of his role. Sure. And uh, what's fascinating is uh, the CEO, the president, and the VP, all family members uh, have read my book. And they're like, Oh my gosh, because there's stories in there <laughs> from our company. It just doesn't say our company name. And they're like, oh my gosh, I know who that person is. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh. And, uh, and so we're in meetings. And as we're having meetings, uh, 
Michael and Mark lean over and they go, that's a really bold move and we're moving forward. Are you going to put that in your next book? And I went, what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, we, we assume you're going to do another one. I went, huh? I mean, for your company to be, my company has been supportive in ways that others can't even imagine. Um, I do. I think I have another one. I called Matt and said, hey, got some ideas. So we'll see. All right. Well, we'll, we'll stay tuned. I think, I think, again, I think people will be, uh, be looking for that and we'll, we'll certainly watch for it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll be looking for the three book set. Maybe, you know, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I figured Tolkien did it, did it, you know. Yeah. I mean, come on. All, all the, all, yeah. I mean, you, you got to do the trilogy at least. <laughs> So uh, the main the main reason I wanted to reach out to you is, is uh, Sherm Twenty One. So you're on the schedule to present not one but two mega sessions uh, at Sherm Twenty One Las Vegas. So I've had the pleasure to hear you a number of times, both uh, at annual conference at VLBM, uh, coming up to our Wisconsin Sherm conference. But those that, that have not had the privilege to hear you in person, can you describe what attendees can expect to hear? And what do you hope they're going to take away from a Steve Brown presentation? What can people expect? Yeah. Uh, props. <laughs> uh, stories in mm. uh, real world practical HR. Uh, and what's funny, I've been doing this long enough that one of my favorite pieces of feedback ever from a Sherman conference was, I really liked your ideas, but I can't apply them. And I said, <laughs> Why is that my responsibility? I, I would, what people should expect if they come to my session is they should be prepared to take away takeaways that, that, that they value. Not that I'm going to give them. It's going to be a sharing time. It's going to be a time to say, here's some different ways to look at things. It's going to be a reframing of how we do HR because I can't see it in a traditional path. I just can't. So reframing it, in a way that makes it more tangible and bottom shelf and doable. But uh, we call it at La Rosa's, we La Rosify things. La so, <laughs> so if we get an idea, we go, oh, that was a great idea. How do we make it work here? We don't go, that doesn't work here. Uh, I will be challenging to people uh, for them to step up because I know they can, to show they have value because I know they do to enjoy what they do because I enjoy what I do and we're in the same profession. So I hope they have fun. I hope they laugh. Uh, I will laugh like crazy. Uh, there will be music for sure. Uh, uh, but the big thing is I want people to leave my sessions feeling equipped and energized. And uh, that's what I hope will happen. Well, I'm sure it will. Like I said, I've, I've enjoyed every one of your sessions, but I think just one time you should, you should be on a, on a, a stage with nothing out there, be in, be in your suit, have the PowerPoint up there, get out there and then, and then maybe have a curtain drop and then the real Steve, I just, oh, <laughs> that's brilliant. That. Consider that, that because I mean, you know, I think, I think if people are coming to see, you know, to sit down and, and watch, you know, 50 PowerPoints and slides and graphs and data um, there, I don't think they're going to find it, but like what I found, I, I go to your session, I laugh, I cry. I, I mean, but, but like literally at the end of it, 
I have so much, so many more ideas than sitting, you know, with the egghead who is basically talking, like I said, talking best practices and, and this, this study showed this, it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, you're, you're giving real life examples mm-hmm. and, and, and again, they're, they're your, your stories, your examples, but then it really, for me, at least it lights a fire going, Hey, I can do that, but you know, I'm going to do it this way because obviously we're a different organization than La Rosa's, but, um, but yeah, just, I, I just think you could really freak people out. Maybe if you just came up there like a, just a, 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 a black suit and just, you know, with the, maybe with the laser pointer and then. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I did something similar back in Ohio Sherm years ago. I came out in the suit and stuff. And I go, and I started my slides. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I took the suit off and I had tie dye on and people screamed and they're like, yeah, I said, all right, here we go. Uh, uh, it was funny this afternoon. I was on a podcast and I, and I never take any of this lightly. I mean, you talking to me, me having a chance to speak at your annual, um, I, I'm humbled that I, have had any opportunity to do this. At the end of the podcast, this person said, that was fun. And I go, shouldn't it always be? And she says, yeah, but my other guests haven't been this fun. I said, <laughs> I said, then maybe you need to have new guests. And, and she went, okay. I mean, we connected, we knew each other more, but it was very leader centric from her as a podcaster. So at the end, we met as peers. When people come out of my session, I want them to know that I am a peer. Uh, I value being in HR with you, not talking at you. Well, and I I have to say, and it's it's always entertaining. Um, The props are great. I mean, you 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 are the you you are a mix of um, of an HR an HR guru with Gallagher and you kind of put the two together and <laughs> what better place in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you need to like, uh, smash a watermelon at one of them too, you know, just sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, Splash we'll zone, have people go crazy. Yeah. We could have, we, we could have the ponchos on in the front row, you know, <laughs> have, have a good old time. <laughs> All right. So the last of the serious questions, then we're going to go in a little bit of right lightning round to learn a little bit more about you for those that don't know you. So last, last kind of serious question. So, we talked about this a lot of challenge, probably the most challenging time that probably either of us have worked in, in terms of just all of the external challenges that, that, and the pressures that, that, uh, that have been put on so many workplaces. Um, so what advice do you have for those that are either currently in HR, those that might be considering it and who have looked at it again, all the things that we went through and might be saying, I don't know if I want to do that. Or for those that are in it and that are, you know, reaching burnout, what, what, what advice do you have to, is to stay focused and be positive? Because obviously our organizations, our companies depend on HR and, you know, how can, how can we stay focused and positive with all of the different challenges that are, that are going around all around us? The key to me is having an HR network an HR community outside of your organization. So I can pick up the phone or I can text or I can email you and say, Jeff, you got five minutes, can I talk? And uh, have that network of peers that care about you because we can't do it inside our organizations. We can't dump our buckets. It, like I have a team, I can't dump my bucket with my team. I have to help lead them. But who do I go to? Sure. And you have to have an outlet. So that's the first thing. And that should be true for all HR professionals all the time. Uh, I am just 
still incredibly disheartened and, and disappointed by people that continue to say, well, but what does this mean to me? What it means to you is uh, you have someone who's in your corner. What it means to you is there's someone who can be a resource or get you to resources that you never knew existed. Uh, and a uh, quick side story, I, I linked in today with somebody from Peru and uh, I was excited. And so she left me a voicemail on LinkedIn. I didn't know you could do that. Wow. Uh, and she said, uh, Steve, we would like to have you talk to the Latin HR professionals in South America online. And I'm like, what? Like, what? And they said, she goes, I love all the content you have, and we need to hear your voice. That connection is imperative. For those of us that have those, it makes our day go better. For those of us that don't, we struggle and you can't get out of it. So you gotta have that first. Secondly, spend time with people in your organization every day. Get out of your desk, go talk to people, talk about the weather, talk about reality TV, talk about whatever. Stay away from the hot buttons. You don't have to talk about COVID. You don't have to talk about world strife. You don't have to talk about social injustice unless that becomes the topic. Uh, the person podcast did the podcast when he said this, what's the best piece of advice I've ever had? And the best piece of advice I ever had that I follow to this day is meet people where they are, not where you think they should be. Mm. So do you want to be successful in HR? If you want to talk about your kids, great. If you want to talk about um, how you feel there's inequity, let's go. If you want to talk about um, the Reds trying to beat those evil brewers, yes, we need yes. to talk about that more often. Another, <laughs> another, another, another time. <laughs> uh, but I think um, time and conversation, because conversations matter. Absolutely. And that's something I personally have learned from you as, I mean, as, as realizing how important a network is and, um, and, and the many people you've connected me with. And these are people that I consider lifelong friends now, people that, you know, like you experience, I'm sure you just get, a, you, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling like the world's crumbling around you and all of a sudden I'll get a text message from Melanie Peacock or, you know, Mary Williams. I mean, someone out there who's just like, it's almost like they knew I needed it at that time. And, 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 and conversely, I try to do the same and, and, you know, just reach out to reach out to people and, and, and just let them know, Hey, how's it going? And then sometimes it's just a matter of, can we get on a quick zoom call? And, and you talk, you talk about, like you said, you talk about anything. Most of the time we don't even talk about HR. We just talk in right. general, but then at the end of, end of that 15, 20 minutes, we, we both feel great. And then you go on with your, go on with your life. Yeah, I try to make a phone call every night on the way home. And I'll call someone just to see how they're doing. No agenda, no nothing. And uh, there have to be people that reach out. There just have to be. Absolutely. Great. Well, let's let's go into the lightning round here. So I've put together 12 quick questions. And uh, I was going to put some parameters around it. But I know you, Steve, I was going to say, what, you know, give me some one or two word answers. I, I realize it's not going to happen. So we're going to throw that out the window. I, I, when I read that, I'm like, one or two? What? 
I thought I'd try, you know, for brevity, but not, let's, let's just throw that out the window. So I'm just going to throw some random questions out to you. I've got here um, to, just to learn a little bit more about who Steve Brown is. So, um, and I think I know the answer to some of these. So this is going to be a little test for me too. So, so let me, let me start with the question number one. What is your favorite musical event or concert that you attended live? U2 uh, live at Soldier Field. Oh, wow. What year, and do you remember when that was? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I want to say five years ago. It was their okay. last giant tour. Wow. Um, they came out and they sang a song. They did their set. And all, all these people who follow U2 all over all the time. And uh, Bono looked to the edge and goes, should we? He goes, I think we should. <laughs> and they played a song from the Joshua Tree that they haven't played live since they played it in Chicago in 1984. Wow. And the place went crazy because, <laughs> you know, there's diehard people there. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, phenomenal. No awesome. better. Well, that's great. And hopefully we can all start getting to concerts again real soon here. Um, so what, what is your morning beverage of choice? Black coffee. Straight black, and 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 I think I think I've seen your check-ins. Do you have a, do you have a favorite coffee place that you check in? Oh, Kavu Coffee. Oh yep, my god, I've seen that. <laughs> oh, Kavu. And, and the thing I love about it, Jeff, it's the only one. There aren't. It's not a chain. It's it. Oh, and uh, I know Emily, who's the uh, owner, and I know her husband, and I know the baristas, and I'll, we see each other in the thing. I see. I know Todd, and I know Mike, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's the best place. Awesome. Now, what about on the flip side, end of the day, what's your favorite evening beverage of choice? Mm, it depends uh, <laughs> on every once in a while, a good craft beer. Okay. Um, or probably a Diet Coke or a Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. That works. Works for me. All right. This is a little off the wall because I'm not even sure if you indulge in this. Do you have a go-to karaoke song to perform? Yes, Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf. <laughs> so you're on stage for what is it, nine minutes or something like oh, that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, we, we did it at Ohio Sherm, and we, every, it's the only entertainment we had. There was no night entertainment. There was a karaoke bar years ago. Oh. And, and somebody says, do you want to sing it? I'm like, are you kidding me? So it was great. All right. Well, we're if, if not Las Vegas, maybe at VLBM, we're gonna we're gonna have to find a karaoke bar because I wanna I wanna hear that. <laughs> that that will be my favorite live musical event. Steve Brown singing Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Favorite one though, Jason Lawson, who is a great uh, leader in Ohio. Sure, uh, I love my brother Jason. Uh, we went up to do karaoke. He says, "I know a song. Do you want to do it?" And I said, "Sure." I said, "I'm in. You know me." So we sang Ebony and Ivory. Oh, wow. and, and I sang Ebony and he sang <laughs> Ivory and it was great because we had switched roles and it was, <laughs> but people howled. We were like, this is the best. It was fun. That, that, that I wish, I wish you had a video of it. That was, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know you've done some traveling recently. What's your favorite travel destination? England mm. by far. Uh, Want to go to Scotland and Ireland, go back to the UK. Uh, the UK is just wonderful and tons of peers there. Um, <laughs> just lost one, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, so dear, dear friends. Uh, it's interesting. They've embraced me as part of their community. <laughs> uh, and so I, I love the country. I love the history. 
Um, I would move there today if I could. Well, okay. So do you have a favorite season? Fall. Well, so it's fall. coming up here. And, and why is fall your favorite season? Uh, when my wife and I got married 32 years ago. Ooh. And uh, fall in the Midwest is hard to beat. I mean, I know there's New England and stuff like that. But man, mm-hmm. the Midwest, we have four pure seasons. And yep. to see the leaves change and feel the cool breeze and go to a high school football game, fall is awesome. Having a hot chocolate or a pumpkin spice latte, if that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on fall. I just hate what comes after that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about the Midwest. All right. I, and I think I might know the answer to this one. So if, if Steve Brown could have walk-up music every time you entered a room, that song would be? Vertigo by U2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that or, God, it's a tough one. Uh, I'd have to say Thunderstruck by AC. That was what I thought. I, I yeah. that was my guess. I mean, Thunderstruck. <laughs> uh, you may know the story. You may not. Uh, when I was chair of the Ohio Conference, uh, the theme was HR Rocks because I okay. demanded it be. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I came out dressed up as Angus Young and had my friend at work sing a song I wrote, like the HR Net for HR Rocks. And the people beat the table with drumsticks. And at the end, I did the key thing <laughs> that everybody ever wants to do. If you ever want to be in rock music and you say hello and you yell out the city. And uh, it's in beautiful Sandusky, Ohio. And I go, hello, Sandusky. And place went <laughs> nuts. And I'm like, I've made My work it. is done. <laughs> My work is done. We don't even have to have a conference. It was great. There you go. All right. I think you might've mentioned this favorite spectator sport and, and favorite team. Um, my favorite team is uh, Xavier university basketball. Okay. Uh, we uh, it's a local team and they've mm-hmm. done great. And uh, I, I moved to, I, I'm, I'm not a Cincinnati native, which is rare. Most people in Cincinnati are homegrown and everybody likes UC and Ohio state. And I like they're good schools. I'm not fans. Um, but Xavier, I've just loved, and I've gone to tons of games and I've taken my kids to games and my friends to games, uh, just great program. And I am a huge basketball person as much as I can take it. And I'm I'm sure you enjoyed your alma mater in the, in the tournament. Oh my gosh. You kidding me? (laughs) You know, and what's great is music and sports probably draws together more than other things. I would wish it was faith as well, but that's a whole different (laughs) subject. Nope. <laughs> uh, but music and sports, people find commonality. So, yes, I when OU was in the tournament, it was on. You know. <laughs> All right. This one. This one should be right. This. This is a little bit of work here. So, do you have do you have favorite pizza toppings? Yeah, uh, had it today. Uh, normally, when I get a pizza, I'll get pepperoni, sausage, and black olives. Oh, okay. It's got a salt taste to it. And black olives cooked on a pizza, man. Ooh. Yeah. Good stuff. There you go. All right. Well, one more question. And people that haven't seen you are going to be like, what? But people that know Steve Brown. So have you, have you ever done a count? Do you know how many llamas and llama lamps you have in your possession? Yes. 
Uh, I have nine lava lamps. Okay. Uh, four at my house and five at work. And they're on all the time. And then llamas, I counted them. Now, here's the problem. Llamas, I have 10. Llamas, okay. paraphernalia with llamas on it? Yeast. Then, then we're in, a, in big numbers. Shirts, coffee mugs, notebooks, <laughs> pens. Uh, people get it. I, I, somebody just sent me a, a llama squeezy stress toy. Um, you know, and you know this. We, are, we share llama yeah, uh, we do. Camaraderie. <laughs> and uh, uh, my favorite thing, uh, all the things I've been getting are great, but my staff for Christmas last year got me a sign that uh, is a, like a parking sign that says, you know, uh, watch out, we'll spit on you. And I'm like, this is great. They get it. You know, it was fun. Well, it, it's a co- collection that keeps on giving. And, and, and when I see things, I try to I try to send things your way and I know you've done the same to me and um, it's, it's, you know, just sharing that affinity of, of, of llamas is something that's, you know, that's a, that's a bond that can't be broken. Oh, absolutely not. It's taken <laughs> off. And what's funny is, well, people want to know a reason. I, there is no reason. It just is. And, the, and people can't accept that. And I'm good with that. Well, you mentioned earlier, Peru, you know, you know, that the llamas, I mean, I don't know if that's their like national animal, but. No, oh, when I talk to her, it's on. I was going to say, maybe, maybe she can on. send you a llama, a real one. <laughs> maybe some llama socks or something. There you go. Something like that. Well, Steve, I just want to, I want to thank you uh, so much. Uh, you know how much, uh, you know, much of a value, value as a friend, value as a colleague. And it's just, just to, just to spend this time talking to you. It's just been awesome. And I hope, I hope, I hope people enjoy our conversation and, and I hope they get the opportunity to see you uh, in a few weeks at Sherm 21. Again, they've got two opportunities. They give you the mega mega stage, which means you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of people there, and it's going to be a good time. And and I'm certainly looking forward to it. So, any, any anything you want to want to add before we uh, sign off here? When people come, I would love to meet them in person. I mean that uh, genuinely. I will make the time for you uh, because I want to make sure we know each other, not just you know you came to see some talking head. I want you to, to get to know you as a person. And if you're kind enough to let know me as a person, I think that'd be great. Uh, I want people to come and enjoy themselves and learn. Excellent. Well, we, we will see you there. And uh, who knows, we might, even, we might even be doing a little live tweeting there. So uh, definitely follow us at uh, hashtag Sherm21, hashtag Sherm21influencer. And you're going to we, we will, if, if you can't make it there, we'll try to at least uh, share some of the craziness with you uh, over social media. So, so thanks again, Steve. My pleasure, Jeff. Can't wait to see you, man. Thank you.